To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at Beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our message this morning is the gospel for today. You heard it read from uh, before in Mark chapter 4. I recall just these uh, words. But he was sleeping on a cushion in the back of the boat. So they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we're going to die? In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, the captain of our lives, my beloved. One of the most dangerous jobs in the United States is to be a commercial fisherman. The most dangerous job in the United States is to be a commercial fisherman fishing for Alaskan king crab in the Bering Sea. The injury uh, percentage for a four-week fishing tour is 100%. Fatalities on those Alaskan fishing boats is 75% greater than any other industry. So those of you who have, who have um, cable and you watch Discovery Channel, uh, perhaps you've watched The Deadliest Catch. There you've seen some of those uh, fishing boats with the uh, wind whipping the waves over the deck. And you know, you can't really be tethered to the deck because then you can't do your job. And so if you ever go overboard in a storm, it's 99% chance you die. But it's so attractive and it's so lucrative because in four weeks, as little as four weeks' time, you can make a whole uh, year's wages, $65,000, $75,000. But it is a job filled with fear and terror. The commercial fishermen here in St. Mark's account before us this morning were terrorized by a hurricane-like storm on the Sea of Galilee. We know that it had to be a hurricane-like storm because these were seasoned commercial fishermen. That is, except one man sleeping in the back of the boat on a cushion, a carpenter. Sleeping on a cushion in the middle of a storm. Now, you know the story, how the boat was just about swamped and how the disciples woke Jesus up and said, Master, don't you care uh, if we drown? And then Jesus got up and talked to the wind and the waves, and the storm completely stopped. Now, for all the years of my ministry, previously when I taught or preached on this section from Holy Scripture, I tried to explain how terrible storms can come up so very quickly on the Sea of Galilee. Because whether you know it or not, the Sea of Galilee is the lowest below uh, sea level freshwater lake in the whole world. And uh, the reason that storms can be whipped up there so quickly is because the lake is only 141 feet deep. Compared to Lake Michigan, that's some 900 feet deep, although the average is about 230 and uh, Lake Superior, which is about 1,300 feet deep. 
and uh, being below sea level and so shallow, the winds come over the mountains and hit the, uh, hit the lake and it can be whipped up into a fury in no time. But recently, I revised my meteorological explanation because I found something in Psalm 107 which sounds like a prophecy of David some thousand years before. And listen to the words. Some went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted up high waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wit's end. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. Could it be that Jesus himself actually whipped up the storm so that he could have a teachable moment with his disciples? After all, you know, that's what he did with Lazarus. Remember when he raised him from the dead? And Lazarus was so sick. And Jesus took his good-natured time getting down to Bethany. And then he plainly told his disciples, Lazarus is dead. But for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe. Could it be that Jesus whipped up the storm himself so that he could stop it, so that his disciples could witness his glory? Jesus, sleeping on a cushion in the back of the boat, in the middle of the storm. Sort of reminds me of that uh, story of Jonah, you know, the unwilling missionary who was supposed to go to Nineveh, and he turned around and ran the opposite way, got on that ship, was out in the sea in the Mediterranean, and uh, there was a storm that was whipped up, and where was Jonah? He was sleeping. And the crew went all around trying to find uh, who was uh, responsible for this storm, finally pointed to Jonah. So uh, they told him, uh, Jonah told the, the, the crew, well, if you want to save yourselves, you'll probably have to throw me over Board, he was willing to sacrifice himself so that the ship could be saved. Of course, we know that God had other things in store for him, and so he sent that great ship to swallow Jonah and save him. Jesus was sleeping in a storm, but he still gets up and he saves the crew. But when it comes time to save the world, There was no rescue by his Father in heaven, and so Jesus went all the way to the cross to die for you, to save you from the storms of hell. The disciples were terrorized. Jesus, don't you care if we drown? And so Jesus wakes up from his sleep. You know how you wake up from your sleep? You just get up like this and start acting, you know. What was going on? And Jesus shouts at the wind, and he shouts at the waves. Be still, be absolutely still. You know how to translate that into everyday 2018 uh, English? You know what Jesus said? Shut up! 
and stay shut up after you're shut up. Put a muzzle on. And instantaneously and completely it was calm. How could Jesus do that? Why? Because he created them. He created the wind. He created the waves. Along with the Father and the Holy Spirit at the very beginning, he said, let there be, and there was. The book of Job, the same chapter that was read before by Sue, later on in the chapter says this. God's asking a question to Job. Who cuts a channel for the torrents of rain and the path for the thunderstorm? To water a land where no one lives, an uninhabited desert. To satisfy a desolate wasteland and makes it sprout with grass. Does the rain have a father? Who fathers the drops of dew? And of course the answer is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Jesus. Jesus shouted and the storm stops instantly. Just think about it. A raging storm one moment and the next moment complete calm. So completely calm that you could uh, throw a pebble in and you'd see the ripples. You know, that's something you sort of see in cinematronics. You know, special effects in a movie, they can do that. Storm one time, oh, calm the next. But this was the reality of the miracle. Somebody says, everybody talks about the weather, but nobody ever does anything about it. Because you can't. Remember some of the stories year back, years back, uh, in the, uh, the Dust Bowl, you know, in the uh, central United States, and it would never rain and never rain. It was always drought, and they would send up these biplanes to try to seed the clouds. Remember that? Never worked. Any storms in your life right now? Things that cause anxiety and worry and fear and doubt and sometimes even terror. And we hear those same stories over and over and over again. North Korea. I mean, who ever thought that it would be so easy for us to pronounce Kim Jong-un? But every day we hear it over and over again. And the wall on the border and the problem with immigration, and the disputes, and so there is fear over all of this stuff. And sometimes our fear even mutates into anger and hatred for our fellow Americans. Don't you care if we drown, God? How shameful on our part. God tells us, you can't control all that stuff anyway. But I can. And I got this. And I'm doing it all according to my plan for you. I mean, God always took care of us in the past. And I know that all of you, just like me, have had troubles and problems and crises in our lives. And it wasn't easy to weather those storms, but somehow God always brought us through. Sometimes even if it was a matter of taking a dear loved one home to heaven. Oh, that we could be like little David before he faced Goliath. He was going to go out there, you know, and Saul the king said, oh, you can't do that. 
David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off the sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the king of the Lord. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. And then David, when he's going up against Goliath, he says, You will come, come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. All those gathered here will know that this is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. The battle is the Lord's. Done deal. But you know, as we take a look at this uh, Jesus stilling the storm, we see that Jesus is one to be feared. After Jesus stilled the storm, he scolded his disciples. Why are you so cowardly? Don't you have any faith yet? If you take a look at the original, the disciples' reaction says they feared a great fear. And I think that the disciples' fear was twofold. First of all, it had to be one of awe. My goodness, one second they're just about ready to die, and now all of a sudden it's calm. What power does this guy have? Another fear, I think, by the disciples is that if they complained and said, don't you care? And he possesses all this power, he might just punish us. And so they had fear because they had complained and they had all that doubt. And was Jesus going to punish them? You too are guilty of fear and complaining and doubt. Shouldn't God punish you too for the sins that you can't get rid of and that you keep committing again over and over every day? But the answer is Jesus saves. All of our reactions to the storms of life, our worry and our doubt, Jesus forgives. He took all of our sins, St. Paul says, and he nailed them to the cross, and they all died there. And so we are safe with Jesus. You know where you are right now? You are sitting out there in the nave. The nave of the church. Nave comes from a Latin word which means ship. That's where we get the terms navigator or nautical. Years back in the early Christian church, they always made churches in the form of a square. If you look down from the, the, uh, the sky... That was that way, the crossbar. We only have the sacristy over there. A lot of churches have something else over here. It was always a cross. Out there was the nave. And the illustration was that the members of God's church are sitting in a ship, and it's being tossed about by persecution and ridicule and temptation. 
but that we're all here together. You see, we don't face the fears alone. And at the helm is Jesus. I like churches always with the empty cross because Jesus not only died, but he didn't stay dead on the cross. He lives for us. And he's always awake. He never goes to sleep. And his one interest is always saving the passengers. Ever be, have, have you ever been on an ocean liner? Maybe or maybe not, doesn't matter. You know, there's a difference on those ocean liners and even sometimes the barges between the captain and the pilot. The captain's at the helm out there on the ocean and he's responsible for everything, you know. He sees the big picture, he watches over the cooks and the wait staff and housekeeping and electronics and the crew and the GPS and the radar and the direction they're going and trying to avoid storms. But when he gets close to harbor, to port, he can't pull it in because it takes such intricate and delicate maneuvers. And so you know what they do? There's always a pilot on duty on shore. And they usually take him out on a skiff or a tugboat, take him out to the ship, and he gets on. And then he does all the delicate maneuvers and brings the ship softly into dock. Jesus is both your captain and your pilot. He has the total picture of your life in view. But he's also uh, concerned about the, the, the delicate and the intricate things, like the hairs, he says, the scripture says, it's numbered on your head. You know what that means? It, it doesn't only mean that Jesus knows how many hairs you have, but that each one is numbered. He knows hair number 25 is different from hair number 276. That's how closely he knows you. You see, he cares, and he saves. And all he wants to do is bring you safe into the harbor of his eternal presence. When everything seems to be out of control, then simply listen to Jesus. I got this. I've got you. Because I'm both your captain and your pilot. And even the wind and the waves obey me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, 
and the life everlasting. Amen. We take this time now to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards. <laughs> 